Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayes, Shir number 169. We're talking about many types of tools, practical um, things that could help in marriage, and um, one of them in handling criticism or to break the cycle of unhealthy criticism is to surprise your spouse with praise when you normally would criticize. So here's an example that this author, Harriet Lerner, uh, describes. Um, and talks about, um, I'm just going to read it. I think just by reading it, it'll be easier to, uh, to get the point what I'm trying to say. And she writes as follows. Ellen disliked being with Bob's family because her husband always got it into the same political argument with his father. Bob's participation in those verbal duels accomplished nothing except adding to the tension and unpleasantness of the visit. Countless times, Ellen has given her husband wise advice about how to lighten things up when his father got provocative. Bob consistently ignored her good advice, or perhaps he couldn't make use of it. He kept getting into it with his father. On the car rides home, Ellen would unleash a barrage of advice and criticism. She recognized that Bob wasn't altering her part of the same old dance with his father, but she couldn't see that she was doing the same with her husband. By the way, that's an interesting point. In other words, this husband constantly got into arguments with his father when he visited there when his father was provocative, and he kept going with that cycle with his father. And her, the wife, when she came back from the visit every single time, she had this cycle of continuously criticizing him for it. And um, so at my suggestion, Harriet Lerner says, Ellen decided to surprise Bob, surprise Bob by substituting praise for criticism. After the next visit, they started to drive home in silence. Then after lightly joking that Bob's father was a piece of work, Ellen said thoughtfully, You know, Bob, I admired you so much for hanging in there with your family, no matter how difficult it gets, you keep showing up. Husband, at first, was annoyed. Why are you being so nice? But the wife, Ellen, ignored his tone and said, I realize I have to figure out how to have more of a relationship with my own parents rather being an expert on your family. And that insight made me realize how much I admire your commitment to your father and mother. It is a lesson I want to teach our kids when we have them, that even when family members are really difficult, they still show up. So here is an example of an experiment that in any marriage you can do to try this experiment when your partner expects the criticism Astonish him, astonish her instead with a sincere praise. You find that Nakuda Tayyiv of it, like this in the story I just described, and you find that praise to replace that criticism. And it breaks a pattern. It, re- it breaks that predictable pattern of criticism that allows more space to consider the merits of the suggestions that you already made and the positive you know, construct the points of the previous criticisms, this praise could open that up because it's an authentic compliment and that 
brings up the likelihood that you and your husband, you and your wife can discuss the issue in a fresh perspective in the future. So that's number one. Another rule is similar to what we talked about in some previous shiurim about the five-to-one criticism. Uh, Five-to-one, meaning that you praise your spouse five times to the one time that you need to necessarily criticize them. And if you praise them five-to-one ratio more than the criticism, that's a good sign of a healthy marriage. This is something similar to that, in that that one that criticism that you do the five to one you know you could do it uh, <laughs> the way people could do it is if someone's really critical you know they'll criticize their spouse uh, ten times a day and now they have to think about fifty times to praise your spouse to get to the five to one ratio you know so here we're taught we're saying that when it's necessary to do that constructive criticism at most you do one a day and that is all. And that is, believe it or not, not so easy to do if you're constantly used to being critical. Critical doesn't mean you're necessarily angry. Just you have, you know, a husband can come back from his shopping groceries that the, the wife gave a list and the husband uh, comes home with, uh, with the grocery goods and she could find seven separate things to criticize him on what he brought back. So now... Now, every comment is crucial to his shopping education. Yeah, every, every comment, you know, if it's trying to, you know, is crucial for a shopping education. Maybe he's clueless, like, sort of like me. They bought the more expensive one, or they bought the larger one instead of the smaller one, the smaller one instead of the larger one, or you picked out fruits and vegetables, and you picked out the inferior quality, and she's trying to tell him how to pick the better quality. So there's some, you know, I'm not saying it's all meaningless. There's constructive aspects to it. But nevertheless, it's very important to stick to one-a-day tops because especially important to do so when one has a nature to reflexively criticize or instruct our husband or wife as a habit of responding when we're under stress. Sometimes when we're under stress or just our normal mode of behavior and we interact with our wife or with our husband being critical, you do this instead of that, you've made a mistake with this instead of that. And sometimes we're not even aware of it. It's not like we want to be mean, but when we're, it's sort of like a habit. And you have to try to see to break that habit and to practice limiting ourselves to one criticism a day tops. You pick that point to say, you know, maybe we should do this better and so on and so forth. She has a very, very humorous uh, anecdote was Harriet Lerner, she said that she and her husband were on a, they took a vacation to Mexico, and over there they primarily speak um, Spanish, and they agreed that they would not speak a word of English on that vacation, not even to each other, certainly not to anyone else. They had a Spanish vocabulary dictionary there, and um, that's what they did. And what was interesting, they found that she said she had to learn to settle sometimes with silence. Because, for example, if her husband did something that uh, she wasn't happy with, in order to explain it in, in, uh, in Spanish, was an avaida, was a hard work. You know, in English it's easy. If, you, if only you had been thoughtful enough to let me know how late you'd be, I would have preferred to meet you over there instead of over there. You know, so in English it just flows. In Spanish, 
you know, it takes work. So she found very often that instead of trying, especially if it was a critical thing, that instead of going to the dictionary and trying to figure out how to say that criticism, she picked the silence. And then she realized that that itself enhanced the connection between the two of them. There wasn't, you know, it sort of got rid of, by force, by this rule that they had, all that unnecessary criticism. And that is very important. And as we're used to speaking our own language, whether it's uh, English, whether it's Yiddish, whatever the case may be. So you need to know that very often you speak too much, you say too much, you criticize too much. So that's another uh, healthy rule that try to minimize and do only one constructive criticism per day at most. Another thing is interesting is another rule she says, which is very important, is you cut back on advice. Now that seems to be strange. Why should you cut back on advice? What's wrong with giving good advice, especially when you're right? So the answer to that is, is that it's true, there is nothing wrong for giving constructive good advice if your husband or wife asks for that advice. And then you give that advice. I I need your opinion on this. And then you express your opinion and give advice on something. And also, there's nothing wrong if there's a healthy balance in the relationship between giving advice and receiving that advice. So in other words, if a couple has a good connection with one another, they could give each other a lot of advice to each other without a problem. It's not personal. It's not being critical. It's just overall giving positive advice feedback and advice on something. And if they both have that healthy balance of giving advice and receiving advice, then also it could be a good thing. But why did we just say to cut back on advice? Why and how can advice be problematic? It could be problematic when it's in a relationship where it's out of balance. For example, if one partner, the husband or the wife, is better at giving advice and is not so good at receiving advice. And the other, you know, so if you have one partner that's very strong in giving advice and is not that strong in being willing to receive advice, then you have an imbalance and it comes into a form of criticism. The advice is a hint of criticism, especially if you use that tone. There's a tone like, I know what's best type of tone. And if the other person doesn't follow your advice, that's a good indication that you shouldn't be giving it. And this is common, by the way, when you have a firstborn sibling with a younger sibling, especially it's the same gender, an older sister bossing around a somewhat younger sister, an older brother somewhat bossing around a younger brother, not crazy difference in age, but similar ages. That's very, very common. And with your wife, it's not a healthy thing. Or with your husband, it's not a healthy thing. So if your spouse greatly values such guidance, then of course there's no problem. But if it's clear that they don't value it, it doesn't make a difference whether it bothers you that, that, that they don't value it. That's a separate discussion we'll talk about. You know, how to get to a point where you could value what each other has to say. But if you see that it's not resonating, then, then, then it's better not to give it. And sometimes it's because it's lack of clear communication. 
you know, you think when you're giving advice that you're being helpful and constructive. In the meantime, the way you phrased it was insulting without you realizing it or demeaning or putting the other person down. So the real key really is like this, is that what really matters in a relationship is not that things get done according to the one who is right. It doesn't make a difference who's right. It really matters simply that two people, husband and wife, they dedicate to each other, they try to contribute to each other's happiness, and that also gives each other certain space. They can make some mistakes, they can develop their own competence through trial and error. You don't have to constantly be critical every single time one of them slips. Sometimes let them make the mistake, they realize it, they grow from it. You don't have to comment on every single idea and thing that your spouse said. So we learned three good, healthy practices today in regarding to marriage. Number one, whenever you have a cycle of criticism that's already there, break it by surprising your husband or, or, or wife when they're expecting the criticism. Instead, praise them. You find that nakuda, like in the story I gave you, where there was a nakuda to praise, to find the tzad hatayv, and say that praise where you normally would criticize. That breaks the cycle, and that gives you the more likelihood that you and your husband, you and your wife, can discuss the issue in a fresh way in the future. Number two, we talked about in the past the five-to-one ratio of having five times more praise to your husband or wife than criticism. Here we're saying that on the criticism side of it, try to minimize it and take it that at least one a day maximum of that constructive criticism to break that habit of, especially if you used to reflexively criticize and instruct your husband or wife as a habit of responding when you're under stress or it's your mode of thinking, to break that cycle and to limit it to one constructive criticism a day. Even that we can learn how to communicate it and you'll think more clearly about what really matters in your marriage and let the rest go. And number three is to cut back on advice. And we said, of course, sometimes the back and forth of advice, if done in a healthy way, is a healthy thing. Sometimes your spouse asks for the advice, then you should give it, of course. We're talking about a case where one of them is strong at just giving advice all the time, and the other one is, feels that it's sort of a criticism and uh, here is where you have to tone it down and not do that. It may seem bossy, um, you know, uh, condescending and so on. And sometimes you just have to let it go, do less of the steering, so to speak. And the other spouse will maybe feel more relaxed and more competent, you know, when you don't comment on every single little thing that they did and give them advice, you should have done this better, or maybe next time do this, do that. Sometimes you have to let your husband or wife make their own mistakes and through trial and error. And of course, to be available to help when you're when asked. That's also a good thing to always ask, you know, how could I help you? Have a wonderful day.